recently one of the customers gave us a really nice feedback. She said that we might not meet the people that we are meant to date uh, through the app, but we might meet a new people that can help us or introduce us to our potential date. <laughs> so <laughs> that that makes a lot of points. So if you are maybe not meeting someone right away, but you're meeting someone new in the place and they have a group of friends um, that they bring up next time, you might end up uh, meeting someone. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by J Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leumi Tech, Sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with CTEC. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today we're going to talk about dating apps and we're going to be meeting Sabina Iman, the founder of Blink. Sabina is a strategist with 11 years of marketing and sales experience and a master's degree in business administration focusing on tech and entrepreneurship. Her previous experience includes working at Omnicom Group with large companies such as Visa, McDonald's, and Wrigley. After completing her MBA, Sabina was consulting B2B tech startups. Recently, she founded her own company that is aimed to change online dating habits and create a new dating experience for women. Sabina Iman, thank you for joining me for 20 Minute Leaders all the way from Barcelona, Spain. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to join me. Uh, we're going to talk about the dating world. We're going to talk about online dating and, and Blink and, and what you're doing there, launching in Barcelona. Uh, you moved there from Madrid, originally from Azerbaijan. And so I'm excited to, before getting into the dating space, tell me a little bit about your own journey, how you ended up in, in Spain from Azerbaijan and how you ended up in the dating space. Okay, so that's uh, that's a good question. Um, when I I was working in Azerbaijan for um, Omicom Media Group for more than ten years in marketing space, and I really loved my job. That was something that I was excited about because it's a super creative and dynamic. Working in advertising agency requires you to constantly like uh, think of out of the box ideas. And uh, But at some point, I realized that I'm fascinated by what's going on in tech world. And that was the time when I just started to see Uber coming up, Airbnb, Amazon, and like all these tech giants uh, popping up in news with their amazing products. And um, and that, that was something far from where uh, I was because the country is super young and um, the technology is still uh, in the phase of development. So uh, something like a startup or, or tech products is relevantly new for the country. So um, that's that's why it was something that is like was very far from where I was, but it was super inspiring and, um, and I just wanted to be the part of it. So I thought, okay, I need some kind of transition tool that can help me to get there. And um, I came up with an idea of, to do my MBA at IE Business School in Madrid uh, because IE is uh, super well known for innovation and entrepreneurship. So I had this 
um, craving for creating some product and uh, being the part of that ecosystem, but I just didn't know how. So I knew that I wasn't ready for it, but I had like some ideas. So I decided that I need to gain some skills that can help me to narrow that gap. And maybe out of that, I can, I can uh, be the part or join, join that part of the, of the world. So um, I moved to Spain and although I had a kid, and she was just three. I still wow. kind of, yeah, <laughs> that that was a hell of the journey. I still managed to move to Spain, uh, do one one year of intense MBA course with her in Madrid, uh, wow. and graduate. And by the time when I graduated, I took um, an internship opportunity in one company that was consulting startups in Madrid. And uh, that was my first experience when I actually started to um, to really work with the tech companies. And that was like more of B2B tech solutions, um, uh, products that were meant for banks, insurance companies, and so on. Um, but before that, I, I started to be in, engaged in Tech Lab in IE, and I developed um, a project uh, with Oracle, that was uh, basically the platform to share mobile data. So it was the idea of tokenizing mobile data and making it more affordable uh, for people so that everyone can exchange it. And there is no situation when you have, uh, on one hand, people with unlimited data, and on the other hand, people who are like uh, don't have enough data until the end of the Interesting. month. Um, yeah, that was a really uh, three weeks of intense work, um, but we we got um, the best blockchain use case for the telecom <laughs> industry. <laughs> so uh, the, the hard work paid off. And that's when I realized that, okay, this is something I'm super excited about. I want to create uh, products or be the part of that ecosystem, work with startups, somehow uh, learn because uh, it's uh, a completely different experience from the corporate world or working with a well-established uh, company. Uh, you have to be super resourceful and you have to be super creative and the speed um, that's what that's what excites me a lot amazing um, very very cool now before we we dive deep into okay. your current startup give yeah. me your your perspective on the dating world on in the online sphere. So what is happening today in the, in the online dating ecosystem? We're seeing a lot of new players coming in. Bumble, I believe, just went public, right? And so what's happening around the world? So, uh, yeah, overall, the dating ecosystem is super intense. So when you are mm -hmm. saying to someone that you are developing a dating app, uh, you most probably uh, will hear that it's uh, another dating app <laughs> is popping up in the app store because if you go to the app store you are able to see like there are really a lot of products however i think um when you look at the dating space we have big players like tinder bumble okcupid hinge um now grinder is becoming also popular uh, and what we see is that mostly dating apps are super segmented and they try to cover the niches, except mm. of Tinder, I would say, which is more general, uh, general dating app. Bumble is positioning itself as a, a dating app for women because they give the power for a woman to make the first move. Um, and then, for example, Grinder and uh, Hinge is um, is. Hinge is more general as well, but they are also claiming to be able to be the app that ha helps to match the people by the interest and meant to mm. be deleted. 
Um, and Grinder is the app uh, for um, gay communities. So um, what we see here is that uh, all the apps that are popping up after Tinder and Bumble, they try to really cover some, some specific niches. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really hard to get or to break this uh, through these markets because the clutter is super intense. So you have to, to be uh, super unique and you have to have a very unique story to tell to the customers of why, why they, should, they should go from the uh, dating apps that they have been using for such a long time uh, to and switch and try a new dating app. Um, so from one side, um, the competition is high, but from the other side, there is a huge pain points that people experience with the existing dating apps. And that's where the opportunity lays. Um, and especially for women, that's what's something that I have personally experienced uh, because I've been living in Madrid and dating apps were something that I have been using to meet someone who speaks English because my, my Spanish was uh, super bad. And this was the way to filter out who I can communicate with. Um, and then I started to use dating apps. I realized that uh, they do uh, require you to be super dedicated and to spend a lot of time on the apps in order to really meet the person face to face. Mm. So you have to go through a lot of swipes, a lot of matches, talk to different peoples at the end um, to have a chance to really meet someone um, because the choice is so big that people are just like, uh, they don't know how to make the right choice. So when, when we have a lot of choices, usually we are like procrastinating to make a decision and we think that everything that comes next will be the best one. Right. Um, so... So uh, that's how I decided that there is an opportunity on the market. And um, especially after doing some research and finding out that most of the apps have 70% men and 30% women on them, um, which is a huge gap uh, in terms of uh, gender representation on the dating apps, I decided that there is a huge opportunity to create something that would be super valuable and interesting for women. And it's not about a new product, but more about the experience that the product can give. So completely changing the way people use online dating apps and um, change the behavior um, and make improvements in, um, in the whole experience of uh, you know, dating and bringing two worlds together, let's say physical with digital. Um, that's how the Blink was born. And uh, the main idea here is to help people use dating app in order to be able to get face-to-face -face faster. And so, you know, more tangibly, you know, yeah. how, how does Blink actually work in the physical space? And you, you moved to Barcelona, you mentioned to me before we started, yeah. in order to launch the app. And you mentioned that the Barcelona ecosystem is, is, the, is a perfect place for this. Tell me a little bit about what, what Blink actually does and then why, why did you choose Barcelona as the launching spot? Sure. So Blink is the app that works only when you are present in some venue and you are able to match with people who are present at the venue at the same moment. So the app doesn't work when you're at home. So there is no couch swiping mode, I, I call it. There is no couch trauma happening <laughs> behind the scenes. Everything is happening in public space. So uh, right now we are active with restaurants, uh, bars and coffee shops. But of course, in the plan, we plan to activate other spaces such as workspaces, gyms and uh, airports where people actually can meet uh, within one space. Uh, so the idea here is that you go out somewhere with your friends, even if you're or by yourself 
of you are in the new city, you want to discover great places, um, you can get on the app and you can see um, who, who is where. Basically, you see the number of places on the map and you are able to see how many people are at the places in the live mode. You can see their small profile pictures. And once you are there, you check in, you are able to match with them uh, in a live mode. And you can instantly decide, okay, um, I like the vibe. Uh, you text for a few minutes and then you can just offer them to meet instantly. Um, you go face to face, you validate, you understand if there is a connection or not. And from there, you can take it further and decide, okay, I want to I wanna have a date with this person. Or I want to go for a coffee another time or maybe like um, just you know, just be friends or, or this is just a way to meet new people as well. Um, and, and the reason why we chose Barcelona, because it's a perfect city where there are a lot of young people coming there to study, to work, and they are mostly single. Um, they just, it's a city that uh, constantly moves the people around. So right. well, people are not really rooted. And uh, this way, there is a huge opportunity that they can um, start meeting new people in instantly and uh, kind of like close the gap of loneliness when they are uh, just arrived to the new city. Very, very cool. And so as you're launching in Barcelona, tell me a little bit about the actual launch, the strategy, how you as the entrepreneur came thinking through the launch, the launching of a dating app, you know, it's a marketplace. You need to have, you know, people, you know, if, if I'm coming into a restaurant now, I need to have more people that are on the app so that I get a good value, right? Exactly. So um, the idea here is um, because we are putting uh, restaurants on the app, the idea here is the part of the lunch lunch strategy is to partner with the with the restaurants and use them as the, our marketing platforms. So because these mm -hmm. these restaurants have a huge audience of uh, people in the subscribers or Instagram followers, so the idea here is. Uh, to partner with them to enable us to cover as many people as possible without us mm -hmm. overspending on marketing um, or doing like a huge uh, campaigns by ourselves right. because this is already the community that they have built and um, most people already go to the places so all they need is a bit of push or a new reason why they should go out uh, uh, more and um, when we when we plan to roll out one, oh, as I said, one of the strategies is to build awareness through the partners and through their customers um, by advertising through their Instagram pages, by branding the physical space inside of the restaurant. So anyone who comes there will be able to scan um, and download the app and start to check in and be visible to people who are around. Um, mm -hmm. This is something that uh, we have planned out as the part of the rollout strategy. And um, as the in order to promote this whole check-in um, and build like a, a habit of checking in in different places, so that the usability of the app is high, uh, we plan to um, to have like a big lunch party where we will mm. invite the people with the most uh, number of check-ins or who went out like uh, during the three weeks uh, after the lunch the most and have collected uh, more than 15 check-ins. So they will get access to the private uh, lunch party with like uh, around 80, 100 people on the terrace. That's something that we are looking forward to. That, that's very, very cool. And what what are some of the some of the matrix that you will look at as you launch and as you try to determine whether you've you're, you've found product market fit or whether you're you're on the right track. What what are the things you're going to be looking for as the entrepreneur? 
Um, so I will definitely look at the, of course, like first initial things would be the app signups. Um, so how many people are actually signed up for the app? The second met important metric would be how many people checked in in the venues and kind of expose themselves to be open uh, to match and, and meet with another people. That will mm -hmm. be like the second key point. And the third key point would be how many actual matches we had inside of the venues. So how many people are actually... Uh, finding what they're looking for and experiencing what we want to build here. Um, uh, and it's not just that, you know, they're out of curiosity going somewhere, but then they're like putting the app uh, in their pockets and getting a drink and then leaving the, the place without like uh, anything happening further. Because that's, uh, that's something that we understand might be as a risk uh, because mm -hmm. people get curious. But then when it comes to, to the point when you have to take an action or an effort, um, it can be like a, a back off. Uh, so I believe that this metric would be very important for us, how many actual matches happen. And the fourth most important is how many people sent the invitation to meet because we have this feature integrated in in our app you can send the invitation to meet and um that will be like a determining point for us to understand that these uh, these people had actually decided to meet face to face and this is like the end the end goal and it doesn't matter if they decide to date or not to date after because recently one of the customers gave us a really nice feedback she said that we might not meet the people that we are meant to date uh, through the app, but we might meet a new people that can help us or introduce us to our potential date. <laughs> so <laughs> that that makes a lot of points. So if you are maybe not meeting someone right away, but you're meeting someone new in the place and they have a group of friends um, that they bring up next time, you are, might end up uh, meeting someone. And for us, the idea is we want to avoid this cliche of like keeping people engaged just in sake of, uh, you know, having the high engagement rate. And because that's what makes uh, the whole experience with the apps miserable for women. No, that, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. And uh, yeah. Sabina, you know, one of the things that I'm really curious about constantly yeah. is this idea of, of how do we as entrepreneurs, you know, keep ourselves in check and how do we know to ask the right questions and how do we know to measure exactly what's happening and whether we're on the right track or not. And, and uh, it sounds like the, that's the type of the rigorous thinking that, that you're a part of right now. And, yeah. uh, and I'm excited to see what happens with the launch and the feedback from, from the customers. Uh, and, and it just sounds amazing. Uh, and I do have a few more questions about you. Sure. Not about Blink and not about dating. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to go back to your childhood, I believe, okay. in Azerbaijan. Yes. And tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, what fascinated you as a kid and uh, what, perhaps what was your favorite subject? Um, at school, I would say that I loved literature and history a lot. So I was mm -hmm. the fan of like, uh, um, how to say, uh, I think that's called like a human... Uh, sciences or hu humanity mm -hmm. so anything that yep. is related to um, to that fascinated me a lot because it helped me to understand people and I think at um, at core of anything that you do understanding people and where they come from and what's happening on the background is something that either can like really it's 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 the game changer so yep. if you manage to kind of be that person who gets 
the sense or understanding of what's going on in the people's head and, and hearts. It's just easier and you can go through any situations in life. But uh, when not having that emotional intelligence, that's when I think things are getting really tough. So I think literature is something that fascinated me a lot because it helped to kind of like, um, for me, I always call it a surgery of the human soul. You know, some some writers managed to open up it in such a way that you are able to look inside and then anything that comes from outside any external behavior you can explain easier to yourself and with a less judgment because you understand that and i think nothing can give you those skills or understanding or sense as as much as uh, reading like uh, literature um definitely and so I was fascinated by this a lot and also history. I was a fan of like ancient Greek and Egyptian history. So I was like collecting uh, different articles. I had this theory of like this civilization being way more advanced than what we have uh, think about um, them at, at some point. And the pyramids that they have built, the culture and the science uh, discoveries that they have made, that was something that super fascinating for me. Um, so I would say this too, definitely. And who would be an inspiration for you as some sort of a role model? Elon Musk, although he's like super, super crazy. And at some point, but what I like about him is like he's himself um, and he's not ashamed to be himself. Um, um, he doesn't have this image of like um, very confident, you know, what we have always seen in entrepreneurs, very confident, charismatic um, leader. But he is uh, more down to earth and he has like a bit of weirdo views on things. But uh, at the same time, uh, he is the person who can dream big and envision something uh, that other people just can't see and not just see, but execute it. So anything that sounds uh, like a crazy for any human being on the earth is something possible for Elon Musk. Yeah, that's super definitely. <laughs> Sorry about that. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Um, I would say um, passionate. If I do something, I'm really like diving into that and sometimes too much. And I need to pull myself out of that and uh, kind of take a step back and reflect. Um, and I'm determined. I, I would say that this is something that helped me to still like, despite of all the challenges that I had, um, uh, to, to keep on pushing. And yeah, I would say that I'm a human lover. So I just, I just love human and, and I like to explore human and understand them and, um, connect with them. And like, I believe that, uh, if you are taking this journey of entrepreneurship, you will have to deal with a lot of, um, human resources. And, um, that's the best part of it because, um, Although this journey seems to be lonely, so you you do have you don't have a lot of time to um, to be social and mm -hmm. to go out and see your friends and family that much. But when you are in the work, you have the team that you are working with. That's when like this connection happens, and you understand that it's amazing how much uh, people can create uh, when they manage to kind of find the mutual ground and find the mutual vision. And, and just go for it. So everything seems to be possible then. Amazing. Sabina, thank you yeah. very, very much. This was wonderful. Uh, thank you for taking the time and stay safe and stay healthy and best of luck with the launch. 
Thank, Thank you. you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Have a nice day, Michael.